to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. to another edition of Faith on Fire. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And you know what, Richard? We have a lot to be thankful for. Especially if you're born again. You really have a lot to be thankful for. And I was just thinking of a, I was just reminded of the scripture in Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's a, look, I'm going to read verse 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Amen. Ooh, if that ain't nothing, something to be thankful for, I don't know what is. And I got to say something real quick. Some, some people say, things about our show, about our broadcast. It's not a show, it's a broadcast, a biblical proportion about how we uh, minister with joy. And I keep on reminding of the, the scriptures. Jesus said, I'll send you out with joy. And I'm, I'm reminded of another scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So that's something to be thankful for. When you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, if that's not nothing, something to be thankful for and have joy about, I don't know what is. I keep a lot of Christians, especially a lot of Christian broadcasts, they think you got to uh, sound like you swallowed a sour lemon or lime. No, we, we have joy. The Bible speaks so much of, of joy. And I think this is what the world calls the, the season of joy. This is it. We have to have joy and be thankful. There's something in each and every one of our lives to be thankful for. If you just think about your whole life, there's something to be thankful about. If you got breath and you're breathing God's air, be, you can be thankful for that. I was just telling somebody the other day, you know, Jesus came again to, and he says, I came to give life and it more abundantly. Woo-hoo. Jesus did not come to say, I came so you can be depressed, right. so you can feel miserable, so you can go around with a sad face, so that you can just hold on to the end. He said, no, I came to give life and it more abundantly. He came to give joy. He says in everything, rejoice in everything. He came to give us joy. He came to give us peace. He came to give us all those yeah, things. Yeah, and he didn't say when you speak about the gospel, be sad about it. The joy of the Lord is still your strength. So we have to be joyful. I, every time I keep reading in the scriptures, I keep running across this word joy. I'm like, where do we get off thinking, you know, having a relationship and, and being in right relations with God is a sad thing. That's a good thing. That's something, again, to be thankful of. And it is Thanksgiving Day. We have a lot to be thankful of, especially us, you know, who live in this nation. We live in a nation where we don't have to fear certain types of persecution. Yes, we're all going to 
endure persecution. But in this nation, we have we have rights. We have something called the Constitution that uh, guarantees us uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So just living in this nation and and having an opportunity to broadcast on radio, broadcast the gospel without you know physical persecution is something to give thanks for. There's people in other nations can't do what we're doing here. Well, yeah. you know, and then everybody will be celebrating Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Whether you have any faith or not, whether you have a different faith or not, everybody pretty much will be celebrating Thanksgiving today. And when you ask people about Thanksgiving, if you said to people 4th of July, almost every the first word that most people would say is fireworks, right. you know, <laughs> and maybe then barbecue with friends or family or whatever. Almost every holiday has something about it. You know, you say Memorial Day and and people will, if they think about it, will think of why we have Memorial Day. But most people, first day of summer, you know, and then Labor Day is like the last day of summer. Then Christmas, most people think Santa Claus or presents. You know, if you took a poll of, of most people about what those things mean. Thanksgiving is that holiday where people think of family. Most people, if you say to them Thanksgiving, most people think of family. That's that holiday that all the whole family, as much as possibly can, all try to get together. They sit down, they have a great meal together, they celebrate some family time, and they think about all the things that they have in their life, and mostly it's material possessions, mostly it's the kind of blessings they have. And so everybody will be doing that. And we as Christians should be thankful for our family. We as Christians should be thankful if we have one for the roof over our head, for the car we drive, for for all those things, we should be thankful. But more than that, and we should be thankful that we actually have God himself. Amen. You know, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about John 14, where Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to live in you. And so we as Christians, yes, we can be thankful like everybody else for all those other things. But what we really need to be particularly thankful for is that we have God himself. Amen. And again, the holiday is called Thanksgiving. But as we keep going through the scriptures, we find out that it says, giving thanks. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about. We just read the scripture over Colossians 1.12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has uh, delivered us, made us a partaker of his inheritance, delivering us out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of his love. But look what it says here in Ephesians 3.19, It says, giving thanks always. Well, Thanksgiving always. Having Thanksgiving always. You can have Thanksgiving always. He says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, giving thanks for all things. And I guess Thanksgiving is a day where you reflect on all the things that you can be thankful for. Yeah, again, I said it earlier, there's something in everybody's life that we can give thanks for. I always say, you know, even... No matter what's going on in your life, and I always use this example, a, a broke clock is at least right twice a day. <laughs> if it's stuck on 12 noon, it's right twice a day. So there's something good. That clock's good. It's right sometime or twice a day. So there's something good going on in everybody's life. And again, as we celebrate this holiday uh, called Thanksgiving, let's, remind, let's be mindful of what uh, Jesus did. You know, that's why we take communion. Jesus said, do this or give thanks in remembrance of what I've done. And, you know, in my own personal time, when I'm just driving or think of the goodness of the Lord, I just shout out to myself, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
for because I know where I, I I recall being in the darkness, and I I have a revelation, understanding that I was translated out of the darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love, and that's again that's something to be thankful for. I was hell bound. We all, before we got saved, we were hell hell bound, and now we're heaven bound. Now our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He said he blotted out our sins and he won't remember him anymore. Well, that's something to be thankful for. Well, see, I, I have a, a belief in the scriptures that a lot of people find very radical. And that is that James says to consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations. Not at all joy. Paul says <laughs> rejoice always. Not rejoice just when things are good, but rejoice mm-hmm. always. And I tell people... That it's easy if the boss comes to you and says, you know what, we're going to give you a, a raise, a big raise. Almost everyone will rejoice and say, that, that's mm-hmm. great. But what do you do when the boss comes and says, we can't use you anymore? Uh-oh. It's time for, it's time for me to get promoted. We're going to have to let you go. And now you say, well, I can't rejoice in that. Nobody would rejoice in that. But notice what Paul says. He says, rejoice always. Rejoice in everything. He doesn't say rejoice when you get a raise and then forget God and go into sorrow when you lose your job. He says rejoice always. James says consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations. And people say, well, there's no way you can have joy when you face a tribulation. Yet he says that we should have joy when we face tribulations. And this is why. Because God will work all things to the good for those who love him. So when I lose my job, I say, well, I can't have joy over this. I can't consider this joy. I can't rejoice in this. But you can if you realize that somehow, some way, God is going to work it for the good. And that he will use it to perfect us in our faith and then those trials take on a whole different meaning mm-hmm. and if your faith is on fire and, and you knew that job it was time for that job to end god closes doors just to open new doors that's and right sometimes he's he, gonna work it to the good and sometimes he has to god has to allow the management to fire you just to get you to where he wanted you at i, I remember i had a job for 12 years with a government agency and i, I kind of started looking that that job is my source and God wanted me to see him as my source. So he shut that door on me. But you know what? Immediately when that door got shut on me, I was like, wow, my world was crumbled. But then God showed me what he had for me. And after I left that job, I made five times as much in my next position <laughs> than I did at that job. And I had freedom. I was freed up to be with my family because this job kept me. It was four hours away from my house, so I had to stay there throughout the week, live in the barracks and come home on the weekends. So the what God had for me was much better. I was at home every day, made five times as much. Actually, I was my own boss. So we have to always, all things work together for the good. Well, <laughs> we look at Joseph. His brothers sell him into slavery. He had a pretty good life. He was daddy's favorite. As I read the scripture, he was daddy's favorite. Uh-huh. And now his, his brothers sell him into slavery. That's not good. But he never gives up on God. Now he goes to Potiphar's house, and he's doing pretty well there. He Potiphar's put him in charge of everything, and then his wife has Potiphar's wife has false accusations against him, and then he's in prison. 
and he's rising in the ranks in prison. And now he ends up, after that, he ends up as the number two man in Egypt. And in all those places, God was moving him in the direction that he wanted, and it was going to be for good. So that when the famine hit his family back in Canaan, he was in a position where he could literally save that whole family's life. And at that point, that family represented the whole nation of Israel. Right, right. And so he <laughs> saves the whole whole nation of Israel. Had he wanted to be sold into slavery? No. Had he wanted Potiphar's wife to uh, falsely accuse him? No. Had he wanted to go to prison? Probably not. But in all those things, he never turns away from God. And God is molding him and making him into the person he wants him to be. And he's going to ultimately work it to good. Because what does he finally tell his brothers? What you intended for evil, God has used for good. And, and also, as he was going through those uh, that adversity, I believe he continued to, to acknowledge God and, and gave thanks right, to God. He never gives up on God. Right, because he kept on using the gift. Even when he was in prison, he used the gift uh, to, to prophesy, well, to discern dreams that individuals were having, so he was still being used by God. And again... He was giving thanks, and that's another form of giving thanks to God, using what he gave you for others. Jesus said something very profound. He says, I, I didn't come to be ser served, but to serve. And then we're supposed to be that example, and Joseph was that example. Even in the midst of his adversity, he still allowed the Lord to use him. See, what people don't realize is that even in adversity, we can give thanks. We can give thanks. I'm in some adversity right now. Because the scripture there says all who desire to live godly will endure persecution or go through stuff. But but he still he then he said count it all joy. That means giving thanks. Well, see, the natural man says there's no way you can give thanks. Man, I'm gonna praise his name. I'm gonna say hallelujah, see, glory natural, to God, though, thank see, you, Jesus. In our, in our sight. That's why the Bible talks about over and over about that we're to live by faith and not by sight. Because when we have a bad thing happen to us, something happens, our natural man, our natural sight, our human nature is to just go. This is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, and there's no way we could ever give God thanks. But it's in our faith that we're able to. And that's why the Scripture tells us, Paul uh, tells us in Romans, walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yes, the flesh wants to go back to that old sin nature and have a pity party, but the Spirit of the Lord gives life. He says, walk in the Spirit, and the joy of the Lord. If you're walking in the Spirit, you understand that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because you're constantly meditating on the goodness and declaring the goodness of the Lord. And when you speak of the goodness of the Lord, it excites your spirit. Yeah, yeah it'll change your whole emotions. And I, I noticed with a lot of Christians, they're not speaking. I talked about that yesterday at service. They're not meditating on the word of God. They're not speaking the word of God. So therefore, they stay in that same mediocre, mediocre state that they are. When you start talking about the goodness of the Lord, it'll change your whole emotions. And we know your emotions controls your feelings, and which controls your body, which can keep you in good health or bad health, you know. And that's why I, I laugh a lot. I, I was at home by myself watching some comedy. I was just laughing my butt off, having a good time. But laughter, God created laughter. He created it for something. Laughter does something. The scripture says laughter is like a medicine. So I'm laughing. I'm saying, I'm glad I came home early to watch these comedy shows to get my laugh on. Because... I realized the joy of the Lord is my strength, and God gave us the gift of laughter.
Well, you know, and you can laugh even though you're going through some bad stuff. You go back to what you were saying earlier, and Philippians four eight tells us whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is true, mm-hmm. whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy. Think on these things, and you know we actually have a choice about what we're going to think about. I can think about, and this is where we are. At, our human nature is this way: nine. The nine things are good in our life, and one thing isn't the way we want it to be. And what mm-hmm. do we dwell on? What is it that we think about? We think about that one thing that's not the way we want it to be. We, we think about that boat we weren't able to buy this year that we wanted to buy. Even though everything, our health is good, our family's health is good, um, paying the bills, everything's going well. We think about that one thing we couldn't do. And it's just our human nature to and, think about the things and, that we and, don't And have. that starts to... To control your emotions, which in turn starts to depress you. So that's why God, the wisdom of God says, think on these things, whatsoever things are good, of lovely, of a good report, that are praiseworthy. He said, think or focus your mind on, on that because God knows best. He said, don't think on negative things or bad things that happen because it's only going to depress you. And God wants us to go out with joy. He wants us to be happy. And the scripture says, giving thanks always and this works in all of our life it works in relationships let's say a person's in a marriage relationship and if you start thinking just about the things about your husband you know your husband he's he don't look like he used to you know he's kind of gone to seed a little bit and you know he's not as attentive to me as he used to be or he doesn't take out the garbage without me having to tell him to now and if you just start thinking about those kind of things he snores a little too loud. Pretty soon, your husband is a bum. Uh, you you got to think about the positive things about him. In the same way, in the reverse, a husband thinking about his wife, you know, and you've got to think about the positive things. But it's not just husbands and wives. It's any relationship you have. You have a relationship with people at work, and you're having a problem with somebody, or it's a person at church. I know that there's people out there who say nobody at church ever has a problem with anybody else at church. But every once in a while, that happens. Don't think about the bad things about him. Don't think about the things about him that you don't really like. Or, man, I've never liked her hair. I've never liked the way he's worn his clothes. Don't think about those negative things. Think about the positive things about the person, and it will change your attitude. It's the same way about your job or anything else. When we think about the negative things, that's where our mind will be attracted. And pretty soon, all we can see is the negative. Negative in other people, negative in the situations, negative in our own life. And pretty soon, you know what happens to you? You get to be negative. You get to be almost like you're depressed. And it just it's a downward spiral that you can't get out of unless you listen to what the Scripture says and whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is noble, think on those things. And also, you know, we're, we're developing as Christians. And one of the things that we're developing is something called the fruit of the Spirit. And look what he says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Guess what the next one is? Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Look, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And I wrote right there, old ways, old sin nature. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So that's what God wants to produce and develop in us. If you're a Christian, again, I say it again, if you're always walking around sad and look like you swallowed a sour lemon, always bitter and angry, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, 
Fruit of spirit is joy. I'm always joyful. Wherever I go, I light up a room because, again, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So we have to. I thought allow... pastors are supposed to look sad. No, man, not this one, man. And... Oh, I'm a different pastor. I'm one uh, that goes out with joy. Because Christ lives in I me. I thought all Christians are supposed to look like they're oh, sad. Man, not this waiting one. for the end. Well, you know what? There's some people that have been programmed to believe that, but not me. When I, when I partake and feed on the word of the God, it just excites my spirit. And, and, and then when I leave out of my prayer closet or my time of meditating on God's word and I go out into the highways and byways, I take that same joy with me. I bring it here on the air. Some people have a problem with us bringing it on the air, but... Hey, this is who we are. That's who God. We're we're happy. We're joyful about something. You don't you don't conceal someone's joy because you probably don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I talk to yeah, young, I, mean, I talk to young people, and every once in a while, I'll talk to one, and they're like, their attitude is almost one one of these days when I'm older, I'll become a Christian. Right now, I want to have fun. I talked about that yesterday, and one of the, I want right now, I want to have fun. Because Christians, of course, don't have any fun. This one does. Christians are miserable, and they want to be doing fun stuff, but God's mean and won't let them. And so someday when I'm old and I'm, like, used up and I've had all the fun I want to have, then then maybe at that point I'll become a Christian. Christians should have the most joy of anybody. Man, Jesus said, I send you out with joy. And um, like I told him yesterday at the service, I have more fun now as a Christian at my age, I'm having more fun just allowing the kingdom of God to manifest in me and through me and, and being a blessing to other people. You know, to me, laying hands on the sick and, and know that they will recover, that's joyful to me. You know, getting somebody delivered and set free from demonic and whatever it is, that gives me joy. And I know it gives the Father joy because he commanded us to do that. Amen. Yeah, being a blessing to somebody... You know, helping somebody out financially and or just brighten, giving them a word of encouragement, that's joyful. That's who we are. We're so the, so when, when you pray for somebody that's sick and, and you see them healed, we shouldn't be sad? No, no, no. I'm gonna be, oh, we should be I, sad I'm going about to, that. They've been healed. Oh, oh that's oh, terrible. Oh, oh, oh. That's terrible. They've been healed. I mean, that's a lot of Christians almost act like that. No, no. You got to be joyful always. So we got to, we just got to get a revelation of, you know, when Jesus said it was finished, that means it was finished. And now we're new creations. We have a, a new life, and, and, and it's a good one. Jesus invited us to an abundant life. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, can I smile in that? Can I have some fun? Right. When I hear life and life more abundantly, I, I get a picture, a vision Fruit of, the spirit. Of, of the good life. Yeah, fruit of the spirit, of the spirit. Love, love, joy, joy, happiness. But so, there's okay. nowhere in there that says the fruit of the spirit is sadness. It doesn't say it anywhere. The fruit of the spirit is depression. It does. It's not the, in there. The fruit of the spirit is is being miserable. It's there's not in there. It's in not there in there. It's not. That. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And anyway, again, it's Thanksgiving, and we want to remind people. You know what? As you listen to this broadcast and go throughout your day, you know, just give thanks. You know, thank God even in your private time. Just thank God for allowing you to be a part of this day that he has made. Uh-oh, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and no, be glad in it. No, yes. I think you missed that scripture. I think it said this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to be depressed no, in it. No, I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Every day is the Lord, the day 
that the Lord has made. So he says, I want you to rejoice in it. You can be glad about something. Yes, you and your family members may have some beef, may not be getting along, but hey, you can still rejoice. And if you're a Christian, do what the word says, pray for them. And I find out when you're praying for somebody else, it lifts a burden off of you. You can't be mad at somebody you keep praying for. And just pray that they receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. Pray that God would have a divine visitation with them. Pray that they would have what you have, the joy of the Lord. Pray that for them. And again, this is what Thanksgiving is all about. We should be thankful that God preordained and predestined us to be born to be born on this earth. Well, you know, about a month ago, we, we had the conversation where um, people listening to this might think, well, you know what, Pastor Vince and Pastor Richard, nothing bad ever happens in their life. Nothing ever happens. That's why they can talk all this, rejoice in the Lord and consider it pure joy, because nothing bad ever happens to them. Things happen in your life and in mine. And I think about a month ago, we were talking about some things have happened in our life. And one day I'm sitting with my wife and my wife says to me, you know, all this has really happened since you and Vince started doing that show. And I realized that she was right. And another family member heard her say that and said, so you're going to quit the show, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> and I said, no, that means we're going to double down well, because if the devil doesn't like it, we really want to do right, it. Right, right. We're, we're in the will of God when the devil's mad at you. And, and, I, and I understand this. Someone told me this, and, and I believe it, there's some truth in it. It says, in life, you're always heading towards a storm, you're in a storm, or coming out of a storm. That's the life cycle. So that's why he says, bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. The joy of the Lord is my spirit. So you got to go into those trials with joy. You got to be in them with joy, and you're going to come out with joy. Yeah, because the joy of the Lord is still your strength. And you got to go in there with thanksgiving. Thank you, God, that you show, you're showing me something in the midst of this trial. I'm in the midst of a trial right now, but I'm, I'm thanking God because I see what he's doing. He's showing me something. Well, see, in I'm being developed. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, what is he talking about? There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to sow, a time to reap, all those things. And then right after that is when he says, but God makes everything beautiful in its time. In so no time. matter what season you are in in your life, no matter what is, a, what is going on in your life, you can know that God is going to somehow make whatever it is beautiful in its right time. This isn't going you know to what? be this way forever. And, and you know what? It's especially happened in this time is you, as we stay in faith, as we continue to meditate on the, the truth of God's word, confess his word, and just hold on to his word. That's part of fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. We believe what God says. No, we have what he says we have. And this is going to do it for this episode of Faith on Fire. And remember, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.